Hey, what are you doing here? Sorry, I, I didn't have a chance to tidy up first. I was... Uh, it doesn't matter. Welcome to the second episode of The Narrow Century, a podcast of irregular tales. I'm your host, Gordon Graham, and I'm kind of wondering how you found your way here. I mean, I thought I was pretty careful to cover my tracks. I did all the legwork I could be reasonably expected to, but you show up anyway, not even knocking, and now I've got to talk to you, play host? Fine. Fine. It's really no trouble. I've got a story here anyway. Honestly, don't worry about it. Just try to ignore the mess and listen carefully. this reminds me of? That overpass with Gerard and Marky and Evangeline. Plus you and me. God, just kids. You know the time I'm talking about? I was wearing that dumb coat, you with those bright red sneakers. Those were the days. You remember, right? We were moving along the freeway, Nobody on the road, it was just pouring rain, and there we were in our ponchos, looked like a bunch of idiots out in the middle of nowhere. You wouldn't shut up about your shoes, how they were ruined, like we could do a damn thing about it. I've never felt as in the middle of nowhere as right then. The rain had a way of just swallowing up the world all around us, not even in an obvious way, like if it was foggy or dark, it just made it impossible to focus on anything more than 20 feet away. All I could focus on was our sodden slog, northwest, I think it was. Oh, man, do you remember Gerard and the way he used to be with that radio of his? Guy was obsessed. Where'd he even get that thing? Little ancient pocket transistor dealio. I always thought it was like old army surplus or something. thing was made of solid steel. It was like a brick. You could kill a man with a radio like that. But he just carried it around with him everywhere. All through that walk, he had it pressed to his ear. I just remember that. He was tuning all over the band, trying to pick something up. Do you remember? Have he said anything to you about what he was listening for? Do you remember any of this? Anyway, uh, what I was saying was, well, we came up to that overpass, the overpass I was talking about, and it was weird. Like, we'd gone under a few overpasses before, but this one was different. There was broken glass everywhere, like broken bottles rolled into the gutter by the highway, scattered across the road, piled in shards and splinters up the dirt slopes on either side, hundreds and hundreds of glass bottles, beer, whiskey, vodka, wine. Evangeline was in front, and she stopped first when she came under it, out of the rain. Gerard asked what was up, and she just waved us in. Gerard finally turned off that damn radio. 
It was kind of nerve-wracking walking in there. I remember I scuffed feet to make sure I didn't actually, like, you know, step on the glass, even though I was wearing invincible boots that totally could have taken it. You mumbled something about your shoes. Again. We didn't say much for a while. We just kind of poked around, trying to figure out what was up with that place. Must have been, like, somebody's hangouts some nights. They'd just bring in a couple of crates of booze, have themselves a fun time, forget about the bottles. The rain turned that place into a cave. Concrete on two sides, water on the other two. Marky cleared out a spot on the dirt slope up the left-hand side of the road and sat down. He was grinning like an idiot. God, that guy. Uh, Do you remember when he... Uh, forget it. We were just kids, I guess. Just kids. Gerard started started shouting for us to get our asses up. Uh, We still had like ten miles left to go or something. I don't know exactly. He... Gerard, he had that way of asking questions when he was giving orders or trying to. Uh, You know, like, do you want to be out here all day? Do you want me to kick your ass over this? Am I going to have to tell Carlos about this? (sighs) And then, uh, God, I I forget, was it you or Evangeline who told him to... No, wait, it was Evangeline. I I thought it was going to explode when she said that, but... Then she brought up that thing that went down to the quarantine zone, and, uh, well, that shut him up. Or was that before? Damn it. I guess you're wondering what part of this I'm reminded of. Yeah, I'll get to it. I'll get to it. These things take time, and you're not helping. You don't remember any of this? None of it. Uh, Do you... I, I mean... You do remember why we were all out there in the hind parts of nowhere, with rocks in our shoes and rainwater leaking into our pants. You do remember about Carlos. Right? Forget it. No, forget it. The point is, you... I need to work my way through it to really get a feel for the memory before I get to the... I need to go through it in order to reach the salient point. Memory doesn't work in a vacuum. It's not a movie, or... Well... Memory's like a movie. You look at one frame that doesn't tell you anything about who that guy is, or what's that thing, or what's she doing with that wrench. No, you you need the frames leading up to it. You need the sequence. Like I was saying, those were the days. That was the day. Evangeline got Gerard to give us a couple minutes to get out of the rain, shake the water out of our shoes, carefully, because of all the broken glass. Marky pulled out his flask full of some kind of ungodly moonshine cocktail, ever clear and rot gut and two-dollar tequila, and tossed it over to Evangeline with a smirk. Gerard ground his teeth, but he didn't say nothing about it. Evangeline took a sip, not a big one, and... I don't know, cracked wise about something. I don't think it was even all that funny. She never was. You remember. You remember. Never let that stop her from blurting out every dumb one-liner that came into her head. She must have had an obsession or something, like she wanted to be an action hero. She smoked those cigars, too, even though she was always choking on them. 
was it just me or did they smell like they were rotting? I'll never forget those things. Marky's flask, uh, it was more like a canteen, really. It made the rounds. Evangeline tossed it to me, then I tossed it to Marky. We talked about stupid stuff. What we were going to spend our money on when we got to the station. Why Evangeline was, why Evangeline was late meeting up with us that morning. Marky was about to toss the flask to Gerard, but instead he tossed it to you, which got him a dirty look. Of course. You tried to take a big swig, called badass, but you choked it and sprayed a whole mouthful of the stuff in my face. Evangeline was laughing, and you were doubled over, coughing all angry-like, and Marky was swearing you out for spilling his private reserve or something. I was a little pissed, too, maybe. I grabbed the flask, the canteen, really, from you, and you fell onto me like you were trying to get help standing up, or maybe you were trying to get the flask back. I've never really asked you. Anyway, uh, Gerard started shouting again, and he came bullying over, I guess. I didn't even see him. I shoved you off of me, and you just, man, just landed on him. Both of you let out this yelp, and then you went down all tangled up, you and Gerard. Marky was cracking up. He was just busting a gut. But, uh, I guess maybe he shouldn't have been. With all that broken glass on the ground and everything. With you scrambling off of Gerard and him trying to move and us seeing the blood and the piece of glass. We tried to pull it out. Tried to stop the bleeding. God, we were just kids then. My jacket was covered in... And you were just standing there while Gerard... We were there the rest of the day, digging the hole. Night came in faster than we expected. And we didn't have any lights to work with. We didn't talk much. The four of us finished off Marky's canteen. We were all thinking about just what the hell we were going to tell Carlos. I forget what we decided on. Something he bought, I guess. It was pitch black. Nobody came down the road, and I was glad none of us could look each other in the face. The hole wasn't done. And even though we couldn't see him, we could still feel Gerard in the brush a few feet away. In the morning, we were going to bury him, wrapped in his poncho. I think Marky took the radio. I don't know if any of us slept. I know I didn't. I wanted to ask you what you thought. And I really didn't want to know. Night and rain made a cave out of the overpass that smelled of wet earth and alcohol and iron. So, that's what this reminds me of.
The Narrow Century, Episode 2, Good Old Days, was written and performed by Gordon Graham. Music was provided, with permission, by Petunia and the Vipers and Nicholas Lacasio. For written material and further episodes, visit narrowcentury.com.